Well, I guess if you want to stand and we'll read a couple of scripture passages. Psalm 89, verse 1 to start with. I'll give you a little time to find it there. Psalm 89, verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. You notice he says that with my mouth I will make known. And then I'm going to go to, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 6, verse 45. There's a good man out of the great treasure of his heart bringeth forth fruit, that which is good, and an evil man bringeth out evil treasure of his heart. He bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. You notice in both of these, they speak, they speak. And then Hebrews 10, 22 and 23. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Amen. Okay, you can be seated. Father, we pray you anoint your word to us this morning. It's not my word, it's your word. And we pray that it will touch our hearts and our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, today, the title of this is The Voice of Faith. As we read in each, each of these passages, something was spoken about something someone believed. They not only believed it in their heart, they spoke it out with their mouth. They let it be known. Their faith had a voice. And faith always speaks what we believe in our heart. You know, every person, whether he's a sinner or a saint, has a capacity to make choices and establish what he's going to believe. And we've all, as a level of belief, by the choices we've made throughout our life. That's where we are. And what he or she believes will determine the course of our lives. Our words reveal our hearts. Sooner or later, our words reveal our hearts. And we know that a person that's lost cannot direct his faith and confidence toward God until God draws him, grants him repentance, forgives his sins. But yet everyone exercises faith in something. We do it all day long. Unconsciously, a lot of it. We, we trust everything. We trust in it. everything. Every day we drive a car, we turn on the lights, we, we go out the doors, we, we don't think about it. We, we just believe everything's going to be all right. 
But the scripture says the just shall live by faith. But it must be faith in God. So we're not just unless we're, our faith is in God and his word. But, you know, as I say, everybody has faith. They, they, it's centered in themselves. It's centered in their intellect, their, their knowledge, other people, their theories, their, their doctrines of man. Everybody has faith in something. So lost people can be religious. They can put their faith in denominational systems. They can put their faith in cults and occult practices. They can put their faith in social and, and humanitarian efforts. But see, they can do all those things without God. See, you can be a good humanitarian person and still not know God and still not trust God. But you know, the voice of the unregenerate t today are speaking louder than the voice of God-centered people. See, everybody wants to have a voice and an opinion. And often we get to hear what they think, whether we want to or not, because it's broadcast everywhere. Everywhere. You can't turn on the news without hearing all the opinions and all the things that would come against faith in God, such as the thing with abortion. People, everybody's claiming, it's my body, I'll do what I want to with it. But nobody's looking to what the God says in the Word. There's one thing that even came out that said that the Bible approves of abortion. So you see, there's all kinds of false doctrine, false voices, voices trying to, to declare something that's not of God. And people voice their heart. And we have to discern what they're saying is true or not. People have deep convictions about anything and everything. And they voice it loud and clear. They march, they protest uh, all their ideas. And people will fight and argue about whether you should wear a mask or what you shouldn't wear a mask. They, they argue about what kind of car you ought to drive. You know, Josh says, well, I had a putt mobile when I was young. And it was a good putt mobile. And that's all I'm ever going to drive. I'm not going to ever drive another car. I don't want to talk about it. I'm driving putt mobiles. But the thing of it is, he never checked to see what a cloud nine would drive like. And I'm not picking out any cars a cloud nine particularly, but I'm saying people get so set in their ways, they can't change. They're unwilling. People sit in churches and have a degree of religious belief and nothing's going to change them. You talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they get up and leave. But we must voice what we believe in spite of what the world says and what the world believes. And there are voices out there that disapprove of our faith. They will come against what we say we believe and they will twist it 
and distort it in any way they can. And as I say, their voices are getting louder and louder. Those who come against God and God's word and, and it seems that our voices are getting softer and quieter. But faith has a voice and it speaks. So they persecute us because we say we believe in God. But they never, most of them never ask, show me why you believe what you believe. Let me see it in the, in the word. But they'll go on the radio, television, internet, and proclaim their false doctrines and false theories loud and clear. The world is boldly unashamed of their opinions and their theologies and a lot of sick things that they believe in and, and promote. Homosexuality is being promoted by the government, by all the TV and the internet. It's being pushed into our lives loud and clear. Whether we want it or not, and we don't want it. But we often fail to proclaim and, and, and use our voice of faith in God, either because we don't want to offend somebody or we don't want to be persecuted. And it's easy to say, well, I don't really want to be persecuted. I don't mind being persecuted. Well, wait till you get out there and you try to speak about God and, and, they, and they blast you with their curse words and everything they can come up with. But you know, the early church in the book of Acts, they were severely persecuted. And what did they do? Did they get cowardly? No. They prayed for boldness. That they might voice to the lost world the gospel of Jesus Christ even more than they had because their faith had a voice and they couldn't contain it. And they spoke forth what they believed. Well, we're not called to protest and march, obviously. And we're not called to be involved in politics and social rehabilitation. We leave that up to God. But we are called to be a light to the world. And we have many opportunities one-on-one -on -one, to use our voice to proclaim Jesus Christ to the world. In a dark world and confused world, we also need to pray for boldness. To continually pray for boldness that we might affect the world around us. And you know, we even need more boldness amongst ourselves. Hello. <laughs> used to be people would pop up out of their seat praise the Lord I want to thank the Lord I'm healed it may not look like it but I'm healed and I've got this and, and God's going to do this and God's going to do that and it's gotten quiet I'm talking to me too but Romans 1.16 says we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God and the salvation everyone that believes Romans 10 9 and 10 says if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation you know it seems like today nobody has the boldness 
when God touches their heart to come walk down that aisle and say God I want to be forgiven I want to be saved everybody wants to do it while they're in their seat that's happening everywhere well I'm saved I, I, I believe but the worst, worst the broken heart and the tears and, and the walking down that aisle I remember doing that when I was 11 years old because God did something that I, I couldn't do and I couldn't I couldn't stop you know you've heard Tom Hamilton's testimony he said he was holding on to the pew and doing everything he could to try not to go forward but his feet just moved and he went forward and he wept because of his sins because God was moving in his life and when faith in God is truly established in our heart the voice of faith will speak it out and not be ashamed and not be embarrassed and not worry about what people think and whether they're going to persecute us or not so we are to proclaim our faith and I picked out a few examples in the scriptures of people who voiced their faith there's, there's many all the way from the Genesis to Revelation but just for example turn to Genesis chapter 22 Abraham had many confessions of his faith and you know when God told him he and Sarah were going to have a baby you can imagine what all the persecution that came if, if he let it known for, out to very many people that old man is crazy that old man he's out of his mind he thinks he's going to have a baby he can't be but when it happened Abraham was loud and clear to say this is God and when he ran into another complicated situation where God told him take this boy that I've given you and sacrifice him to me now you can imagine the mind battles that the devil put before him how is this boy going to live if I kill him but yet Abraham did what God asked him to do and on his way there look at verse 5 of chapter 22 and Abraham said unto his young men abide ye here with the donkey and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you he did not say well I'm going up on that mountain and I hope both of us come back he said no we're going up to worship and we're coming back that was his voice of faith that was his confession and in verse 7 and 8 and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said my father and he said here am I my son and he said behold the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for the burnt offering and Abraham said in his voice of faith my son God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering so they both went forth together Abraham's confession was I don't know how it's going to work 
I don't understand how God's going to do this, but somehow He's going to provide a lamb. And you know this a little bit off the subject, but Abraham, when he said God will provide a lamb, he didn't realize it, but he was speaking prophetically about Jesus. That no matter how difficult the situation was, God is going to provide a lamb, a substitute. He was speaking of a substitute for Isaac, but he was also speaking of a substitute for us. And what what came to my mind was God will provide a lamb. But really, we could read it, God will provide himself as a lamb. Amen? Amen. See, Jesus was God as much as the Father is God. So God gave a part of himself to die in our place. God did that for you and you and you and me. He did it for us individually. And all we can say is praise God. Back again to the voice of faith in Mark Mark chapter 5. If you want to turn there, you can just follow me. Just a few examples of the voice of faith. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 28. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in, in the press behind and touched his garment and she said, she spoke her faith if I may touch but his clothes, I will be whole. She voiced what she believed in her heart, even though it was a simple thing. And to push yourself forward in a crowd and touch him was an act of her faith, which she spoke. Uh, Matthew chapter 8. Verse 5 through 10. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came into him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, He voiced, He said, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered with a voice of faith, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But you just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus spoke in faith the word that it would happen. This man spoke in faith that he believed Jesus would and could heal his servant. Then right close by in Matthew 9 verse 27 through 29 
And when Jesus departed, thence two blind men followed him, crying and saying, They were crying and saying, They voiced their faith, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. Again their voice said, Lord, yea, Lord, we believe. We believe you can do this. And then he touched their eyes, and he said, According to your faith, be it unto you. They were not ashamed to go before the Jesus or all around them, all the unbelief. But they said, Lord, I believe. You know, the Apostle Paul, we won't read any of those, but Apostle Paul was certainly a voice of faith. Everywhere he went, in spite of all the persecution that he endured, they could not stop his voice of faith. He had an experience with God that could not be watered down, could not be hushed. And beaten, stoned for dead, shipwrecked, persecuted in every way, his voice is still speaking to us today through the things that he wrote, the things that he gave us. And in Matthew, while you're in Matthew, Matthew 21, I'm not giving you anything today that you don't already know, but I'm hoping that God will stir us up again to, and to strengthen us and embolden us to voice what we believe Amen. in spite of all the clamor and all the stuff that's going on in our world. Matthew 21, 21 and 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, which when he had cursed the fig tree and it died, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things... Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, you shall voice your faith by praying and believing that God is going to do what you ask. True faith will speak to the mountains and they'll move. You might say, well, I don't have any need of moving a literal mountain right now. That might upset somebody else. But we have many mountains in our life. We face them every day, difficulties of life. Whether they be physical, financial, mental, oppression, all things going on around us. We have many mountains, and we can voice our faith in our prayer life to God in Jesus' name. And he stands behind his word, and he will cause it to come to pass. See, we don't want to be spiritually tongue-tied. It's easy to speak about everything going on in the world, what we're doing, where we're working, how the day is going, and just on and on. But to speak of spiritual things at a time when it seems inconvenient, even, 
They have a spiritual mind to be thinking along with confidence in God. When someone truly believes in a certain thing, you don't have to prize their mouth open and wiggle their tongue to get them to say it. It just comes out. They'll tell you what they believe and what they've done. You know, we, we've got a new life. We should be willing to tell it. People say, well, I got a new car. Let me tell you about it. I found a new recipe. Let me tell you about it. I found a new clothing store, especially women's clothing stores. And, uh, but they want to they wanna tell you about it. But, you know, here, when we read about the centurion, Jesus marveled at his great faith. How did he know the guy even had the faith? Because of what he said and how he said it. He spoke his voice of faith. And Jesus said, you got what you believe. You receive what you believe. So sometimes I question myself. I, I say, I'm believing this. I'm believing that. But then am I really? Am I really? Am I just speaking words that I want to come to pass? Or do I really believe God is going to do this? There is a difference. And I'm sure Jesus, as he said, was pleased with this man's confession of faith. And I don't think God is going to be displeased with anybody that gets overzealous about speaking about his faith. God wants us to lay hold of his promises and begin to confess them before the world that he is an awesome supernatural God and he still does everything he said he would do whether people see it or not. So I ask you a question as I ask myself. How loud ringeth the voice of faith in your household? At home, do we speak continually the voice of faith about situations or do we complain and mumble and moan about this is not working, that's not happening or do we say what God tells us to say? Is it a normal part of our everyday living at home to speak words of faith? How long has it been since you spoke in faith to the mountains? I didn't say how long has it been since you spoke about the mountains. We speak about the mountains all, all the time. It's easy. To, but do you, how often do you speak to the mountains? How long has it been since Mar how long has it been since Jesus marveled at our great faith? Well, that hits home pretty hard. But don't give up. Jesus said he has given us faith as a grain of mustard seed. If we just got a mustard seed, we can move a mountain. If we believe. Doesn't matter how big a mountain is in our life. You know, Jesus put a curse on a fig tree and it died overnight. He spoke words. 
He didn't like killing trees. He, he did that to demonstrate the power of a voice of faith. And you know, we have that mustard seed. It's easy for us to say, I don't have faith for that. Well, you've got a mustard seed and that's all you need. But the problem is we've got to exercise that mustard seed of faith. We've got to be willing to speak what God says regardless of how we think or feel about it. Only believe. And that's what Jesus is continually saying to us even today. Do we have a word from the Lord? Of course we do. We have a book full of His words. Isn't this book God's word? Isn't it, isn't it really as good as an audible voice? We would like to have all of our voices from God. Maybe not. Maybe not. Because he might be rebuking us instead of, instead of saying, well done, now good and faithful servant. He, he rebuked his, his disciples quite often for their lack of faith. But he watches over his word to perform it in our lives. And he has performed many things in our life if we just look back over our life. It's only God that we're still here. It's only God that we're still alive and holding on. So we should be voicing our voice of faith even stronger and louder now than we did years ago. But it seems to be going in the opposite direction. So I wonder if we've allowed our failures and sometimes our unbelief to discredit God see it's easy to blame God if this doesn't work if that didn't happen but you know God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent if he said it he'll do it if he's spoken he'll make it good God spoke in faith to us what he would do and he holds himself accountable to his word and so when faith supposedly crashes and shipwrecks, people lose confidence in God and they become very quiet. And there's a tendency to blame God. Say, God, why didn't you do this? God, why didn't you do that? And at least question God and question his ability. But God has never failed. It's always been the weakness of man that is a failure. let God be true and every man a liar for God does what he says so when things don't seem to be going well you trying you praying you crying out to the Lord examine yourself don't examine God that's the easy way out isn't it we blame it on God it's his fault he didn't do what he said he was going to do well, there's a reason why he didn't, even though he can, he can and is willing. But we got to realize that we wouldn't even know God except he first loved us, 
chose us, called us, lifted us, set us, sanctified us, delivered us, gave us the Holy Spirit, gave us his promises, invited them to believe and partake of them. Now that's a basket full of blessing. Let me read that again. Except he first loved us first, then he chose us, then he called us, then he lifted us out of our sins, then he set us in heavenly places, then he set us apart from the world, then he delivered us from all the oppression of the world, then he gave us his Holy Spirit, then he gave us all these promises, then he invited us to partake of them all and be blessed by them. What more can we ask? What more can we ask of God that we should be so overwhelmed by his blessing that we can't, can't keep silent about it? We have to talk. We have to speak out. So when things seem a little dry, check out your own self. Check out your own relationship with God. Lord, have mercy on us. Help us in our unbelief. For without you, we can do nothing. And when we, the saved, baptized people in the Holy Spirit, believers, when we fail to exercise our God-given faith, what we know is God's will, we're kind of falling into that category of those who have a form of godliness but deny the power. That's not exactly what that verse meant, but we can, we can draw that from it. If, if we're not willing to, if we're, if we're saying I'm a Christian, I go to church every Sunday, I go to prayer meeting every Wednesday night, so what do you believe? Well, I believe in church. I go all the time. That ought to be good enough. No, what do you believe that God says? See, God knows our needs before we even ask them. But he tells us to ask. Ask and you receive. Seek and you find. That's, that's a voicing your faith. You're asking God because you believe he's going to do what he said. There's no use in asking if we don't believe he's going to do it. We're just wasting words. But he's promised to meet every need. And we can't use that old phrase, I didn't have faith for it. Because as I said, you've got a mustard seed. Take it in there and put it in a, on something, get a magnifying glass and make it bigger. Because as you believe, it'll get bigger. God says it will. See, most people, as I say, they believe in something. Everybody, I'm a, well, 99% of the world believes in a bank. They believe your money will be safe there. That's not necessarily so. That's not a real that's not a real good thing to believe in, but we all trust in the banks we put our money in there. And as the Bible says some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the Lord our God. And we're not ashamed of it, and we should count it a privilege to be chosen of God, a privilege to be a voice of faith in this world, to honor God with faith. A lot of times we've got to wrestle with these promises, but we've got to hide them in our heart. If we don't wrestle with them, we just cast them aside. But we, we want to wrestle with the 
if you, even if we struggle with believing something, don't give up on it. Keep reading it. It says that faith cometh by hearing God's word. And it falls on us the responsibility to, to search the word and, and God will speak faith in our hearts. With all the emphasis Jesus put on faith, he obviously wants us to be faithful witnesses, to be his voice in this world. We are the voice that he has. He has no voice except people speak what he says in his word, what he's shown us. When Jesus comes back, he's going to be looking for faith in us. And we want to be faithful to him. You know, we're all familiar with the verse Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But I found another translation in another book, and um, I like it. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to our senses. That makes it clearer to me. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Perceiving as real fact what I, my senses will not reveal to me. I can't see it with my eyes. I can't hear it with my ears. I can't taste it. I can't really touch it. But it's a fact. Because God said it. And I believe it. So that's where we want to be in our life today. We want to be stronger. We want to be more faithful. We want to be more vocal about what we believe and what God is saying. I'm not boasting about this at all. I'm just saying. Recently, God put it on my heart. I, there's a, about three houses down from me. A man has a sign in his front yard that says, Black Lives Matter. He keeps it there all the time. I was thinking about that one day and I thought, all lives matter. All lives need Jesus. Yes. So I went down to the sign place the other day and I had me a big sign, two by 18 or something, with red letters on it. It says, all lives matter. All lives need Jesus. And I put it in my front yard. Because how true it is. It doesn't matter what anybody says, how, what they want to argue about it. It's true anyway. Yeah. And without Jesus, one day they'll spend eternity in hell. And they'll say, why didn't I take heed to what that sign said? But we have an awesome privilege of being a Christian. An awesome privilege in a world that's dark and ugly. Let us be bold and speak forth what we believe before all the world. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that you brought us and you saved us and you called us. You forgave us when we were so unworthy. Help us to be a voice in your world today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
Well, the Lord bless your day. Bless your voice <laughs> as we speak. In all our situations, we can say something without offending people. We can still let them know Jesus is it's, it's in my heart and my life. Yes. Amen. Amen.